Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. My name is Josue Cardona, and you guys know that on this show, we talk a lot about superheroes and fictional characters and how it can be so powerful to relate to these characters. And one thing that we never really talk about on the show, um, and that no one has ever brought up to me in conversation, is, for example, Bruce Wayne. People relate to him because of what he's gone through and because of um, all the things that he does. But no one's ever told me that they relate to him because he is white and rich or has a butler or anything like that. And I think that's really interesting. And I think it's a topic that, that we, we've never touched here. And, and it would be really good to, to discuss um, culture in comics and culture in among superheroes and how that affects how we relate to these characters. So with me today to talk about this is Tony Kim, the founder of Crazy for Comic-Con. And I think he is a hero um, on this topic. He is going around the country presenting on multicultural heroes, and he's here to talk to us more about that. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to, to talk about this uh, on your podcast. So, what is what exactly is it that you're, you're going around doing regarding multicultural heroes? Yeah, you know, uh, being a, uh, an Asian-American um, Oh, actually, all my life, actually. Um, I, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, growing up, I, 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 you know, I was in like a, um, I grew up in an all-Caucasian sort of culture. Uh, my parents had immigrated here from Korea. And because of that, like, I received a lot of ridiculing and bullying and just being uh, marginalized. And, and as a result, um, I kind of turned towards uh, my sort of geek interests to um, sort of find my escape and so of course back then like Star Wars uh, the, 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 the first trilogy was coming out and and uh, diving into Star Trek and comics and, and all that and you know comics were really a huge part in um, really shaping me and really helping uh, me kind of find my moral center and I really sort of fell in love with comics in a lot of ways I kind of joke about like Superman was my dad and Wonder Woman was my mom because my parents were like a lot of Asian American parents were were off working and working a lot and so those um, superheroes kind of raised me and so you know I, I was uh, uh, very impacted by by um, heroes and but I found that's uh, that she's looking out into at that time the, the landscape of the superhero culture. There wasn't a lot of, in fact, I say there was really very little um, heroes that looked like me and really represented my culture and represented you know, myself. And I, I kind of at that time kind of gravitated towards Superman because he's the ultimate immigrant. You know, he's from another world, uh, trying to live in both cultures. Um, knowing that he had a purpose and just trying to find his place in the world. And so, you know, I, I definitely had identified myself with his story. But, I, you know, it was tough for me to think that there wasn't a lot of people who looked like myself. So now fast forward to uh, con culture and uh, traveling around to different conventions, I, I really found that there's not a lot of people talking about multicultural heroes. I mean, it pops up whenever there's like a controversial casting um, you know, from where a, a character kind of um, go, kind of uh, changes to another race, um, and uh, but for the most part, while there's a lot of people who are passionate about the topic and have a lot of hot opinions about it, there wasn't a lot of people facilitating the conversation. So, uh, so I was, you know, just kind of started introducing that topic in those panels, and um, uh, started la uh, early last year, and um, had a chance to have a panel at San Diego and, and then from there traveled uh, to 
different shows like Chicago and Philly and um, uh, L.A. and all that just to kind of talk on the topic. And it's been great. So San Diego was the first time you did it last year? Uh, no, it wasn't the first time, but it was it was near the – I, I guess I had done it a, a couple of times before San Diego. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's the title of the panel that you've been it, taking across the country? Yeah, it, it, it changes. It changes a little bit, uh, but it's been uh, Battle for Multicultural Heroes, which is what I do at the Wizard World shows. And I just got back from Sacramento and New Orleans uh, this past couple months. And I, I did them there. And or it's uh, multiplayer, multiverse, and multi-ethnic, which I did at uh, at um, uh, Kamikaze in LA, and then I'm doing it at WonderCon coming up next month. So it kind of changes the title a little bit. Yeah, cool. And and so what is the what's what's the tagline, right? What what is getting people to to come into to this panel? Yeah, I mean, basically in the description, I basically share that. While we've come a long way as a culture and, and there's been a lot of diversity, there's still a lot of challenges ahead. And and so we basically talk about uh, what the current state of, uh, of multicultural heroes are in, in comics, TV, and film, and then uh, what is kind of needed to kind of take it to the next next level. And so for each of the each of the shows, I invite a kind of diverse group of experts and ranging from artists and writers and cosplayers and different people in media to join in the conversation. And it's great because we, when you have different people and sharing their different experiences, then um, you really get some awesome conversation going. I should probably take uh, uh, the opportunity to say kind of my, my side of the story too, because I'm, uh, I'm, I was born in Puerto Rico, so I'm Hispanic. My name is Josue. It has an accent on uh, one of the letters. People freak out when they see it. They don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> You know, people people most of the time don't know how to pronounce it, and and but uh, I I'm I'm very light skinned, and I can pretty much blend in, I think, yeah. to various different cultures. I've said any, anything from Jewish to Italian to, <laughs> and yeah, people will believe me because yeah. uh, you know I don't, I don't know I don't I don't there is no thing there is no such thing as a stereotypical white male right I don't care what people say there is no American male. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't think I'm I'm like a universal or anything, but my, my, I'm light skinned and I could I could play whatever card I need to sure. if necessary. Sure. Um, and and I don't I think maybe when you talk about how how a character doesn't look like you, right? Um, I never really had too big too, too big of an issue with that. Like personally, I never thought about it until I was much older. Mm. Um, the same thing, right? Like it, you, you looked at Superman and you could relate to him. It wasn't until you were older you started looking at things and saying, wait a minute, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. And recently, because in part because of of, of things like, like uh, your panel, yeah. I've been looking at things, for example, this season, right? Let's talk a little bit about TV. Yeah. Uh, have you seen well, Sleepy Hollow, right? Sleepy Hollow has such a diverse cast. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm watching S.H.I.E.L.D., and I was just like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this is a very white cast. The show that consistently comes up at all the panels I do is The Walking Dead. Because mm-hmm. that Walking yeah. Dead has, really, uh, has turned into a really diverse cast, which with at some point it was half of the, half of the cast was uh, African-American. In fact, there was a particular scene where Daryl is driving the car, and then there's three other African-Americans in the car, Michonne and a couple of the characters. And you know, t- typically you don't see that context 
or you don't see that setting in a lot of shows unless the three African Americans are thugs and they, you know, there's some sort of uh, plot point to it. But you know, it, it, in that particular case, it wasn't an issue. And then, of course, Glenn, um, the Asian American on that show, is um, who really has become a hero of mine. You know, he isn't a martial arts guy. He isn't a computer nerd. He 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 basically is just a good guy who's trying to you know take care of his those the people that he loves. But you know, that show is also another one that when you sort of focus on how multi ethnic it is. Then all the there's a lot of other shows that really you know like oh gosh it's it really does stand out and so you know what I mentioned in the panel is that uh, I think the what I've learned from it is that the um, what really solves all of our racial issues is zombies so if we just have zombies it just sort of is the great great equalizer <laughs> I think you're right I think you're right <laughs> so we got to figure out how to start the zombie apocalypse and then all these problems will go away absolutely <laughs> absolutely well or space travel because. Sure. Uh... Star Trek and, and uh, Star Wars seem to do a good job of it. Yeah. You write, once you have aliens and stuff running around, that's right. You don't think about it as much. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I it it isn't. It didn't. I don't know if it bothers me. I don't even know if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. I think it started. I started noticing yeah. it. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. And um, I think where I, I think where I, and I wouldn't say that I'm really um, so much like bothered by it, but mm-hmm. I, I think what I noticed is that. Uh, in general, people seem to fear change, and they, um, and we all know uh, nerds. We're all passionate, and we um, we we are um, completionists, and we love continuity and all that. So, I've really just been coming more and more on my radar since some of the um, you know casting decisions that have been made kind of over the past few years, and even just recently with uh, Michael B. Jordan being cast as Johnny Storm and. and you know the Flash or in um, the Fantastic Four, um, and uh, you know some of the, the controversy around that, and um, and even kind of going back to when um, Miles Morales was um, um, kind of created as the ultimate Spider-Man, um, as he as being uh, half African American and half Latino, and you know you just start noticing it that wow, this, these things like really bother some people, you know, and so it really got to asking me like, what what happens if um, Zack Snyder decided to make Krypton uh, an actual an, an African American looking planet, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously it wouldn't be African American, but let's say they look like African Americans, and then like Superman came and all that, like people would flip a lid, like they'd go ballistic, you know, and 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 even with this casting of uh, Ben Affleck as Batman, like what happens if they, you know, uh, created a, a a Batman that was Latino or Asian American? Like people would really flip out. So it got me asking questions in our panels about. Um, sure, we we um, we're fine with the fact if uh, sort of secondary characters like like Nick Fury, who went from David Hasselhoff to Samuel Jackson, which no one had a problem, <laughs> which no believe me, no one had a problem with that. Um, yeah. Uh, and maybe you know, like there's been some some changes like that. But what happens if we took uh, sort of the mainstream character Superman, Batman, um, Wonder Woman, and uh, or you know wh- whoever, and change their ethnicity for the sake of equality. Like people really have a hard time with that. So that's kind of the kind of the core of like why asking those questions. Why would you have a hard time with that? You know, and it leads to some really interesting conversations. Yeah, you talked about Miles Morales, the the ultimate Spider Man. Yeah, right. In in that universe, it was Peter Parker. Right. And he dies, so Miles Morales comes into the picture. Yeah. And I was thinking about that because supposedly he's half black, half Puerto Rican. Right. And 
I've read every issue, and I don't remember that ever coming up. <laughs> you know, I don't remember them ever mentioning that his his mom was specifically from Puerto Rico. Yeah, or or a descent. Um, it seems. It, it may be in the comics, but I just don't remember it. And it's one of those things where it doesn't really play into the to the character. Yeah. Kind of like you talked about Glenn, right? Glenn is a guy who's like really nice, really brave, and he's trying to survive, just like everybody else. That's right. And it, it doesn't matter where, where, where he's from, but it, it's interesting that in Spider-Man, Miles Morales isn't the first time they've done this. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 mm. is also Hispanic. Yeah. Right, but they're like, okay, so we'll play with the main character idea, but but we can't make the main character something different. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think what's been a challenge is that um, you know I don't believe that there's like some uh, some evil Sith Lord sitting at the top of every organization and like twiddling his mustache and saying you know down with the minorities. I don't really believe that. I think that um, um, a lot of industries, whether it's comic, TV, or film. They they follow where the dollars are, you know, and and unfortunately, when it comes to uh, minority kind of the mainstream characters, whenever they pop up, or not mainstream characters, but the minority um, being the main character in different properties when they pop up, like in comics, unfortunately, like we aren't buying them, you know. That's that's just what it comes down to. It is that there's not a lot of uh, market potential because it's a it's a, we're still a relatively narrow demographic and so you know as minorities if, if we want to see um, uh, minorities more minority characters really sort of embraced then um, we, you know we have to we need to support we need to support them we need to buy them we need to support minority creators artists and writers as well as characters um, because I think that every industry is is following the following the dollars. Yeah, I, I I also agree. I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's a conspiracy yeah. um, to do this. I, I just think it's happening, and and that it is changing. It's yeah. absolutely changing. I think I don't know how you let let me know what you think about this. But um, for many years, when there were Hispanic uh, characters on the screen, it was offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Even even up to recently, I remember. You mean like stereotypes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the most recent one, like just that was popular that I remember. And it's a it's a little thing. I remember on Dexter, um, I forgot the name of the of the the other um, detective, mm. um, and he's Hispanic, and he would always say like every other word was a Spanish word. Right. And I was like, what people people don't really do that? Like, why do you? Is that necessary? I don't know. You know, there are little yeah. things that used to bother me, and you know, a long time ago, it was the Hispanic character was always gay, or it was yeah. always you know just the the neighbor, or just uh, you know the thing things like that, and. And I don't, I don't think we see that as much anymore, which is, yeah. which is great. Well, you know, we t- we talk about in the in the um, the multicultural heroes panel that I facilitate. We do actually talk about stereotypes and talk about the value of them. And it's interesting because I do think that there is some legitimacy. There was obviously stereotypes are based on loosely based on some sort of truth and a lot or observation. Of, yeah, observations. Least. Yeah, and a lot of them are really exaggerated. But I don't really mind the stereotypes as long as that's not where the character resides. You know, like they have to be like like any of us. We're three dimensional people, complex, changing, evolving, and uh, and you know, we kind of mentioned Glenn um, from Walking Dead. He, you know, he, when he started out, he was, I mean, he was kind of like a nerdy kid sort of thing. You know, he has ball cap on, and he was, uh, you know, just um, he kind of wasn't one sort of character and then he really has evolved into something new and so 
Um, I, I'm not so much offended with if characters start out a certain way, um, and I kind of also relate. You know, it's funny our uh, multi-ethnic conversations always. Uh, this also applies to um, women characters, mm-hmm. women women seen as lead and as principal characters, as well as the gay lesbian community as well. And so anyone who's marginalized, basically, this applies to. And so you know, I think um, it's it's fine if there's a woman character who is kind of perceived as sort of like sexy eye candy, as long as she just evolves beyond that, you know, and like grows and really like becomes a, a significant, um, she brings value to the story and has like a real, you know, ro- a real role. And I believe the same thing with, with, with stereotypes and with gay and lesbian characters that, you know, it's, 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 we are, none of us are two dimensional, you know, we all are very complex and dynamic people. So, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily freak out about stereotypes. I just feel like that the, the, that writers have to not be lazy in, in their depiction of characters. Like, for instance, I was really offended by, you know, Transformers 2, you know, and like there was the, clearly these sort of ethnic robots that, <laughs> that were rather like, you know, kind of weird thug-like, you know, these Transformers and... and uh, uh, or Jazz in the first one. Yeah, yeah, Jazz. He's like breakdancing and he's talking jive and I'm like, really? Like... And he was the only one to die. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, uh, the whole thing is just horrible. Totally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, totally, the only one to die. And yeah, yeah you know, it's it just like, wow, that's just, that is huge. Just a clear stereotype, you know? Yeah. Even yeah. in episode one of Phantom Menace, which I know gets a lot of uh, jeers by fans, but, you know, all the all the villains were basically like some sort of version of, you know, whether it's the um, Asian talking um, uh, sort of, uh, trade federation, you know, uh, people or the Gungans who kind of sounded like a Jamaican sort of mix. But yeah, it was kind of like, wow, these are just like broad stereotypes. And so I just feel like one of my passions is we have to, we, we, we really have to war against that. We can't settle for cultures being depicted in broad stereotypes. We need to demand from our creators and writers that they do more, you know, and they, they depict uh, he, people as human beings complex human beings and not just simple broad strokes. So, and, and if that's lazy, I think it's even more lazy when you go ahead and you do something like switching up the a character's race or ethnicity or gender or sexual preference or anything. And then it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Because that happens too. Yeah. Okay. So what? Uh, Miles Morales is half black and half uh, Hispanic. Yeah. That has, it really has nothing to do with his character at all. Mm-hmm. It's more about like his age and the fact that and his socioeconomic status. Um, yeah. And in all these movies where they're changing, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White. I mean, he's barely a character in the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, what are you going to bring culturally to, to that character in particular when he doesn't have a really big role? But just in general, that happens a lot. And then and then they become interchangeable. So that seems even more lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's like I, it's it's it definitely is a double edged sword because it's not like you can't do, you, you know, it's not like you don't want to do anything um, and you want to make change where you can. Um, but the same in the same time, you don't want the topic, the issue to always be a, to revolve around race. And so I know it's a double-edged sword. I know it feels like whenever anyone sort of wades into this conversation, it's like, is there, a, is this just like a lose-lose situation, you know? Like, change it or don't change it so no one's happy, you know? And, <laughs> and so I know that it's like a really hard conversation and a hard place to be. My biggest thing is I just want comic book creators and uh, TV showrunners and, and movie directors to try. That's all I want is just try hard. 
you know, and, and I just think as minorities, um, I think for the most part, we get it. Like we, we, you know, we are fully, you know, we, we get it. Um, and, um, uh, we just appreciate effort, like legitimate, authentic effort. Um, we just appreciate that, you know, and, and, uh, because when it comes down to it, like, as I shared briefly my story, um, and my sort of living in two worlds and, and, uh, my, my struggling with identity and my search for multi-ethnic heroes. I mean, like, Bruce Lee and, and Sulu were my only two like, you know, hero, uh, role models growing up and, and as a kid, and um, but but the, but the truth of the matter is that I'm just as American as anyone else, you know. Mm-hmm. But my story is different because I bridge two cultures, and um, and and all I want as an Asian American is people to try, you know, just try to. Um, uh, in, incorporate other cultures, show different sides of cultures. You know, black people don't always have to be uh, thugs, and uh, Latinos don't have to be gangbangers, and Asians don't always have to be martial artists. And you know, even when I watch the Shield, the TV show Shield, you know, I like that show, but it's like Agent May, um, the pilot, is of course a martial arts expert. You know, and it's like I'm glad that she's a strong female character. I get that, but she just definitely has to evolve beyond that. So I'm just saying, you know, for all the creators out there, like. Try, try hard. Try hard to create dynamic characters. They're not bound by race. I had someone, a, a colleague recently, come up to me and say, "Oh, I want to talk to the kids about about race." And since you are, um, 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 <laughs> your other, um, his Hispanic la- Latino. I'm not sure what you prefer. He was so scared. He was yeah. he was freaking out. And I was like, "Man, it's, it's okay. Either one doesn't matter." It's, yeah. It's okay, right? It, it there it is a very delicate situation, and I I just love that you're having these panels and having these conversations because I remember the one in San Diego. It went in every direction. There were people uh, with tons of different thoughts and feelings about it, and it's I agree with you. It's really good to just have these conversations because there I don't think there is a correct answer, and you'll never make everybody happy. Like you just said, Agent May. Badass female character. Oh, she's an Asian stereotype. Well, we can't win, can we? Yeah. Or can we? I mean, you know, it depends who you want to please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's it's. Um, I don't know. I, it's. You, you're right that in the um, in the different places I go to have this conversation, um, man, people are super passionate about it. You know, and they're really. And the reason why is that they're. Um, um, there's so much pain. There's so much pain in people's past and there's so much, um, you know, just heartache and so much sort of like, um, Jesus, you know, sort of the shrugging of the shoulders and like, this is as good as it gets kind of thing. And so when we get into these conversations, like people are just are, 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 and it's not for everyone, but those that are really, uh, wanting to engage in it, man, they're just desperate to kind of look for hope. It's what ends up happening is that whenever there is the, um, the voice that's out there, um, like for yourself or myself or whoever else, it gets heaped onto it like all the sort of angsty frustration mixed with hope, you know, like it's got to be solved, you know, and and, um, and I love it. You know, I, I love it. I think that, um, um, you know, I really think that um, it's one of the best conversations to have. And, you know, my ultimately it comes down to it in, in the panels that I, um, the panels that I um, moderate, you know, we're never going to, we're just never going to solve it. I think it's really going to, it'll get better uh, for sure, but it's never, it's, it's not going to be something that um, is going to be resolved in, in just a, you know, in just a single panel for sure. Um, 
But what my thing is, um, like, I, I, I model it after uh, you know Martin Luther King. In his, he's all he's known for his um, "I Have a Dream" speech, of course. And um, uh, but he, what really powered that speech was his vision for what he called the beloved community. And ultimately, what the beloved community says is that um, his he believes that um, uh, on this side of heaven, that um, man should be able to come together and through um, by elevating the level of relationships, justice prevails and people reach their full full human potential. And so, my hope is that in the in these panels that we have, is that it is merely trying to raise and elevate the level of relationships where justice prevails. You know, and that means it's a lot of talking, it's a lot of seeing it both sides, it's a lot of um, breaking stereotypes and and broad generalizations, and really getting down to the heart and pain of the of uh, that people people groups are in. And I think just that alone will sort of move the needle a little bit. So. You know, it's one. If, if you look at it, what will really solve? Yeah, it's it's tough to really solve anything. But my hope is that by elevating the level of relationships, that it'll move the needle just a little bit in people's minds, at least. And a, a big part of that is is like you said, seeing um, how other people feel about it, seeing other people's perspectives. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know, I think afterwards, whenever we have these panels, um, I get I get approached by so many people who just. Uh, who are very grateful because they've not seen anyone engage on that topic. They've not had a lot of people talk about it. And most of, um, unfortunately, a lot of majority culture just sort of gloss it over and say, oh, you know, everything's kind of good. Everything's great. And hey, look, there's things changing. And, um, um, you know, we have Hemdale is African-American now. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, things like things are, things are changing. And there is, there is legitimate change. And I want to applaud creators for, for making those changes, but um, it only changes when um, the collective community, both black, white, brown, yellow, all the way across the board, make a conscious effort to make change. It's not just one group or, or the other. It's everyone together making change. So ge- geeks are a very passionate crowd, right? <laughs> right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I equate um, one word with the other, right? I think they're synonyms. Yeah. And... You know, this is this is absolutely a topic that a lot of people are passionate about. Culturally, one thing that has happened to me in recent years is that, and and maybe this is something that has always um, been a part of me, is that I don't I don't relate so much r- with race and ethnicity mm-hmm. uh, myself. Like I don't identify uh, so much as well. I'm Hispanic, or I'm you know I'm from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, and lately, I, I I'm always talking about geek culture because that that's like my identity. So I'm I'm actually more more bothered by maybe the misrepresentations of geeks, right, and culture that I even am of 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 Hispanics sure. lately, just because that's that's where it hurts me the most. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and it's just interesting how how different people it affects them in in different ways. Like the Melinda May example again. It's it's great. Maybe maybe it's more important for you that she be one thing or or another. And I think that's why it's. It's so personal, yeah. right? It's so personal. These characters mean so many things to so many different people for so many different reasons. And if if race and ethnicity is something that you that you deal with, that you struggle with, or that has been an issue in your life, right? Whether whether good or bad, then then it means something very different for you. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm I'm so glad that those conversations are happening. 
And you know what, what I love about conventions in general, whether it's San Diego or WonderCon, is um, it's it's a place of culture. It's a place where cultures clash and where um, you know ideas are discussed. And um, I, I love the fact that um, uh, it gives us an opportunity to to kind of create these uh, justice moments and awareness. Because, like you said, there's a lot of panels out there now that talk about the everything from the fake quote-unquote fake geek girl or the, you know, what is a geek discussion. And then there's a lot of panels that are on uh, women in media um, because really in the past five years, like, there's been a pretty big shift of um, of women content creators, you know, whether it's online or through uh, writing or drawing um, comics or showrunners and that like that. You know, people like Tina Fey, is is unfortunately while as talented as she is, is still somewhat of an anomaly. Like there's not a lot of women who are known for um, original content creation. Not because they're any less talented or gifted. It's just opportunity, right? And so whether it's race or women or gay, lesbian, or if it's the sort of the geek girl, girl culture thing, um, there's a lot of um, uh, you know comic cons are great because it, it gives a forum and a platform for um, that that to be discussed. And if people can come to convention. Thinking that hey, I'm gonna like check out some cool cosplay and pick up some cool toys, but they leave going, you know, I was like really challenged by my ideas. I need to really like rethink of, um, you know, like how I gauge um, media when it comes to these marginalized groups. One thing that I do um, in um, in the panels is um, I challenge, um, and I actually do moderate some some uh, female um, content creator panels. Um, as well as these multi-ethnic panels, but um, one thing that I I just ask or challenge our audience with is is like you know name the um, last five books that you you know read and or, and think about the authors of those books and think of like your your top five movies your favorite movies and think of like the leading actor or think about the you know the director and then um, think about maybe like your 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 five um, heroes um, real life heroes that you had in real life. Um, and uh, and think about maybe five people that you've sort of invested in or poured in or mentored over your life. So, you know, I just kind of throw out there, like, think of all these different sort of role models. Um, well, how many of those people are, are minorities? You know, and, and if you are a, and I found just, just again, just very general, but uh, unfortunately many Caucasians would say not a lot. You know, like a lot of them were like, you know, wow, you know, when I think about that, a lot of the people that's, I look up to, admire, read, follow, whatever, are kind of people like myself, you know? And so I say, challenge you to sort of change that up. You know, if you change that up and really read some people, follow some people, get mentored by somebody, you know, that, that really culturally is different than you or is just in a different place, socioeconomic, whatever it is, that um, it'll really, like, cha- change and challenge your thinking. And so by having that conversation in the setting of the panels at, at these different com- conventions, it's, it's awesome that people leave going, you know, I, I feel like I kind of got challenged to, to live my life a little differently. That's a, that's a cool activity. I, I actually do that with um, some clients, some okay. young clients. Um, you kind of... Uh, who do you admire the most? Who do you wish you could be like? And then you start looking at the similarities among them. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you do that with, you see a theme. Yeah, for sure. Um, it doesn't matter what you're asking about, right? Like if, you, if you're if you talking about uh, race and ethnicity or, or gender, then yeah, you. It, it's so interesting to see, to see what comes up because sometimes you don't realize it. And so you kind of, I do them on paper, right? And I form a grid and then you start circling them and then you, you see what you're left with and you're like, whoa, they're all... 
there's there's all these features that I, I didn't notice they were in common. Yeah, they had yeah. in common. Yeah, I mean, typically, uh, you know, men just sort of like they just kind of look at other men as leaders and role models, and they don't really think of like other women, you know. And again, I'm very I'm generalizing, but I think just by calling it out, it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to actually go out and try to change that, and I think that's a great thing. I recently wrote something because I was reading Robert Kirkman's Invincible, uh-huh. and there's this panel where um, this character called Monster Girl is talking to her boyfriend, and she says, um, do you think that if we're, we are 50% of the population, um, that really the thing that makes us superheroes affects men more than women? Mm. It was such an interesting question. The way she just, and it's, it's a very random conversation in the middle of the comic book. They're just having dinner between two panels that it, nothing is related to it. But that question was so interesting. It's like, yeah, in these worlds, right, in these fictional worlds, if they reflect our own in any way, why are there so few, in, in the case of female superheroes, why are they so few? And, and I love the way she put it, like, that thing that makes, us, that makes people super, whatever it is, is it really affecting more men than women? Mm. Are there more women out there, heroes, that we just don't know about? Yeah. And, and it, it kind of blew my mind, right? Because then if you, again, look at it as a reflection, when it comes to women, why, right? Th- like statistically, there should be no reason why there are more male um, heroes than, than female. Sure. And one thing I, I touched in the article is I looked at um, jobs in the United States, job demographics. And I think, I think that teachers, right, are heroes and doctors and nurses are, are people who are actually out there saving people. And the majority of them are women. Mm. So it's like, this is something that we see, right? If you, if you went to school, most of your teachers were, were female. Absolutely. I'm a therapist. Yeah. I can tell you most therapists are female. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in school, I was, it was, uh, I was always in the minority. And all these people are out there saving. And to, it's just interesting to put out there because yeah. what, what does that mean? <laughs> have, you, right? have you heard of the, uh, the Bechdel test? No, no, it's what is a, that? It's a, um, this is kind of getting to the female discussion, but it really applies sure. to any sort of marginalized minority group. Um, so the Bechdel test was a, a, actually a writer came up with it, and it's been applied into sociologist sort of settings, and basically says, think of uh, you know favorite movie, and basically there's a three-point criteria to the Bechdel test that says, uh, the first one is, are there at least two females um, in a movie cast, the central cast, and then number two is, do those two females actually talk to each other? And then number three is, do they talk to, to each other about a, a topic other than a man? So when you apply those three things, it dramatically decreases the amount of movies out there that would, that would um, qualify for the – or that would pass the Bechdel test. And so even when you think of all your favorite movies – typically they have a female character and maybe a second one, but those two characters don't ever really interact. And if they do, it's about, oh, I want to get married and I want him to like me and, you know, where is he and that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so that Bechtel test is a, is a sort of a uh, the litmus test of, of kind of, you know, if we look at the landscape of Hollywood, how many few, few um, movies really reflect what you're saying that, Fifty percent of the population, you know, and it's it's not it's not the case, and so you can take half of your parents are female, yeah, yeah. and so you can uh, take that test and sort of apply it when it comes to minority issues, you know, whether it's Latinos or Asian Americans or, or African Americans. Typically, in a lot of settings, whether it's comics, TV, or film, a lot of minorities don't actually, uh, you know, interact and they don't actually talk to each other. There's typically one, and you know, there's kind of the, a lot of times the the proverbial. Uh, 
you know, minority character that's, that's whether Latino or African American, and I, I wish I could say Asian, but there's like not, not even that, but there's, a, you know, the, the, the one black guy who's on the cast, you know, and, and uh, so on, so on. So I know I'm generalizing, but the point being is that when you start thinking about media in through that lens, you start, like you said, you start going, wow, like, it really isn't equal. Like, is it anywhere near equal? It's like far from equal <laughs> when it comes to even as far as we've gotten, there's just so much more that so much farther we can go. And in the case of women, like, yeah, 50% of the population. Yeah. Um, it feels weird to, to, to say that. And then, well, so do I have to look at the different percentages for all minorities? And then should it, should their representation in media be based upon that? I don't, I don't, no, I'm not saying that either, but yeah. <laughs> right, like you said, there's no there's no right answers here. It's just yeah. thinking out loud, but it's it's so interesting. Yeah, when you start looking at it, like I said, this season I just started, and again, thanks in part to to your panel, I started looking at it. I said, wow, yeah, this TV show is is like this. This TV show is like that, and I'm gonna look at that test and uh, start start running it. <laughs> yeah. Everything I'm, I'm if you, watching. If you Google uh, B E C H and then uh, D A L E, I think Bechdel. Um, okay. It'll come up with all kinds. It'll come up with all kinds of lists of movies that pass the Bechdel. But, but you know, ultimately, what it comes down to is, um, you know, I do believe that there's a systemic evil. I don't believe that there's again, like I mentioned before, there's some sort of some tyrannical overlord that's sort of trying to keep minorities down. But it's a million little decisions that that have got, that span beyond the civil rights movement, and the civil war, and go way back to the beginning of time. That um, that sort of have led us to this point, and um, you know, people write about what they know, and so when you have at the core of every industry, whether it's comics, TV, or film, when you have majority that is sort of one culture, they're going to write what they know, you know, and that's okay. They just that's human nature. You just write what's familiar to you, and you can you can write about your friends, and you can write about your parents, and all that, and so as a result. There's a lot of characters and in, in industries that um, are kind of mono, just basically very monoethnic, and so that's where we have to sort of encourage the next generation of writers and creators um, to 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 get out there and write what they know, you know, which is multiple cultures, and you know, uh, write about culturally rich situations. There's no easy answers here. <laughs> no, no easy answers, and. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, it's funny though, because, um, as you kind of look back over just in the past, uh, decade or two, really two decades, I guess, um, what really started this whole renaissance of the superhero age, as I call it, um, because of movies, again, following the dollars, um, it really started with, um, what kind of kicked it off was, um, Daredevil. (laughs) <laughs> was it no it wasn't Catwoman no. or Daredevil um, okay <laughs> but it was Blade uh, yes with yes Snipes, of course and that was kind yeah. of the first um, legitimate um, you know character produced by Marvel that um, that that really showed some sort of signs of viability you know and, and it was like oh okay because it was a sort of a between the um, uh, the Batman era um, it was sort of a period of silence and then and then Blade came around as an African American sort of hero who really wasn't a black stereotype. I mean, he looked—he was really cool, but he wasn't necessarily like, you know, he didn't have the afro, didn't have the pick in his hair, didn't talk jive or whatever. Like he was a, just a legitimate hero. Well, then that birthed um, 
and really gave the green light to X Men, which X Men was all about. You know, start remember how X Men with Brian Singer started out the the Nazi concentration camp, yeah, yeah. just the idea that people that are different are being you know marginalized and persecuted, and the X Men trying to find their place in this world. And so it's really fascinating to me that because of those two movies, we now experiencing sort of a an era of prosperity when it comes to superheroes. Um, but we're still, there's still a long way to go. You know, there, there's still a big fight to be had and, um, we still are fighting for, you know, truth and justice and really, you know, the American way. And I'd say that proudly because I'm American and I believe in American values and I believe that American way means multiple cultures, not just, you know, one. I think that vampires are also an equalizing factor <laughs> because, uh, Blade and Buffy, yeah. I think had people, doesn't matter who you were. You want to be a vampire slayer, right? Like you, <laughs> you're pretending to be. You could pretend to be this girl who was uh, slaying vampires, or this black guy who was just a badass. Like, oh man, I wanted to be Blade so bad when those movies came out. I love those movies. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. You I know, guess I was really bummed with um, uh, just a, just a related topic. Um, how um, yeah, DC had a monumental chance to really flip this, flip the script i guess and when um ryan reynolds came out as green lantern mm-hmm. um and you know besides the fact that green lantern wasn't a very good movie um it was it was really interesting to see online i followed it really closely online and on twitter there were so many people that were and mainly um a lot of african-americans that were like hey why did you change him to a white guy and <laughs> who knows yeah. characters know that no how jordan started out even before that it was um uh, uh, um, the um, Scott, um, you know, the original Green Lantern, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I can't remember his name either. <laughs> just um, yeah, anyway, and uh, but you know the fact that the comics had gone so far to where um, Green Lantern was largely by the population considered black because of a lot of like the Justice League Unlimited and that kind of, mm-hmm. thing. and the fact that they went back to the um, you know, Hal Jordan and people were like, wait, what's the, you know, what's going on? You know, kind of thing was like, ah, oh, they should have just, they should have kept writing it out and going with John Stewart. Cause that would have been an awesome opportunity to kind of, you know, highlight a, a strong African-American hero and, um, kind of make some progress in this because right now as it's lining up like this new sort of justice league with man of steel and all that, it doesn't look like there's really going to be any real ethnic heroes represented, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, and they have the same opportunity again. They could pick any Green Lantern, yeah. and yeah. why not pick John Stewart? Yeah, oh, I hope they do. You know, we just been all kind of, you know, there's been all the rumors like Idris Elba, like he would be such an amazing John Stewart, like so amazing, and and you know, he'd be amazing at anything. Yeah, pretty and much. everything. Yeah, he's pretty much <laughs> awesome. But you know, yeah. like they got uh, Gal Gadot, who is um, she's she's Israeli um, as mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, and and so you know, that's, I, I dig that. I think that's pretty cool that at least. You know she's I mean, she's beautiful, but I'm, I'm glad that there are at least you know she's someone that's got some flavor flav in her, and and it would been great if it was she was an actually really really Greek, you know, like like um, Wonder Woman is. But um, but you know I think that uh, Hollywood um, uh, Hollywood should um, yeah I, I just think in these major properties that they just especially DC um, they're so fearful right now of failure and um, um, they, they really want a home run like the Avengers that um, 
you know, they they really want to go where the where the dollars are, and um, and you know, uh, I guess Avengers as as awesome as it was, kind of set that set that bar really high, and um, and you know, most all those characters are primarily uh, one culture as well. I mean, Asgardian, I guess you can count as another another culture, but but uh, yeah, I think it's ironic that um, the uh, the black guy has to bring all all the white people together because they can't all get along, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely is flipping the switch a little bit. So, yeah. um, I have this uh, this really cool story that it, about a client um, of mine, and it has to do with using comic books in therapy and how you relate it to the story. And but recently, when I was telling it to someone, they asked me, um, Alan why Scott. Alan Scott. I Alan, say, Scott, I yeah. say Alan Scott. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was gonna edit that out before, but now okay. Well, we'll leave it. We'll leave it. Okay. Yeah. I apologize also for forgetting. Yeah, it just oh. kind of popped my head. But go ahead, please. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so I had somebody ask me. So, why did your client pick that particular comic book? Mm. And I won't go into the the, the specific story, but uh, the comic book was a uh, Green Lantern Corps, mm. and I never thought about why he picked that particular comic book, but my client was black. And I, of all the comics I had on my iPad at that moment, I, I'm pretty sure that that was the only one with a black character on the cover. Mm. And we never discussed it. We never talked about why he picked that particular comic. I may have asked him and he probably thought it was just really cool. He may have not, it may not have been the reason why he picked the comic. Yeah. But what if it was? Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, well, you know, that's where that, yes, you know, I mean, because what you were saying about the the outcry over John Stewart. I mean, there are some of us who have had um, experiences because of our race. Like you mentioned being um, picked on and things like that. Um, I've been through my through through my share of stuff too, um, and and those things they 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 affect you. And again, for different reasons, people care about different things, and you identify in different ways. And so. It is powerful to see a character that looks like you or maybe is a little more like you. And it wasn't until till I, I looked at that story that I've been telling for, for a long time. And I looked at it through that lens that I really thought, man, maybe maybe it's way more important than than we well, we at, at least we definitely don't talk about it as much as we should. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it's funny you used to mention that because um, there's an artist, his name is Terry uh, Hiddleston. Huddleston, and uh, he's an amazing um, kind of cover artist and does a lot of different uh, um, comic-related stuff. And he was um, he was sharing at a panel. Just he was sharing this on our panel just a couple of days ago, and he was sharing how he would um, he, he would be in a, he, he teaches some art classes, and he was in a particular part, an urban part of the city, and there was a lot of um, Hispanic kids there, and he noticed all the girls had Fantastic Four. Um, backpacks on, you know. So he's kind of like, that's kind of weird. Like, why Fantastic Four? And then he started talking to them. He discovered that uh, because of and this a few years ago, because of Jessica Alba, you know, wow. and Jessica Alba being one of the few sort of Latino superheroes, um, this whole sort of like community of girls sort of gravitate towards her. And you know, for most of us, most people, they don't really think about that. They don't think about um, how important it is to have someone of power and authority be reflected in front of your face um, when it comes to media, 
But um, you know, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of kids out there that's uh, and, my, and like my, like me when I was younger, who are just starving for that. They're dying for that. They just yeah. they, it, it kind of gives them a, a moral centeredness. It helps them sort of find that they're not alone in the world and um, that they need to see that um, that you know I wasn't born a mistake and I like I. Um, I, I have value to this world, you know, and, and I think that's where and it's part of the reasons why I'm so passionate about um, advocating this is that, um, you know, we need to put those um, those uh, strong role models out there because the next generation is depending on it. Yeah. Yeah. If if I'm black, I can be president. If I'm black, I could be that's right. a Green Lantern. If I'm Hispanic, I could be the leader of the Fantastic, or, you know, part of the Fantastic Four. I could be the superhero. Yeah. Yeah. And that message, it comes through just just from the visuals. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and I struggle too because even uh, there's just still not a lot of Asian American representation, and that's just it's tough for me because when you think about uh, you know they're here and there, and and there's some heroes, and there's you know uh, Psylocke and uh, you know the New Fifty Two launched the Ray. I think it was yeah. like three com- three issues. Yeah, it was pretty good, but. That was it. You know, there's Doctor Light, and there's uh, Storm Shadow, and um, there's I guess you can count Godzilla. Godzilla's probably Japanese, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's not a lot out there that's um, um, there's there's newer ones popping up, but there de- there definitely is not on TV, uh, uh, comics and film. There just still isn't a lot of there's not leading men so much so and and they're, they're more or less a part of ensembles but they're not a lot of leading men out there or leading you know characters that again don't fall into that stereotype and there's just a handful um, and uh, I feel like specifically in the Asian American context it's 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 tough because uh, African Americans and Latinos have kind of carved their sort of place in, in pop culture and uh, for better or for worse and um, and there's a there's enough there to to respond and react to to agree or disagree. But in the Asian American community, there's like nothing, you know, and it just it's like it's just sort of like this black hole where, um, you know, where Asian Americans could, re- I mean, super talented, you know, arts, music, acting, all this stuff, dancers, super talented, but just for some reason the 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 opportunity and the platform just isn't quite there yet. So, but a lot can change in five, ten, twenty years, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you know my dream is that there would be an Asian American standing on the stage of the Oscars, receiving best female, best male, you know, best director, you know, all that sort of stuff. And and uh, but you know, not quite there yet. Uh, Tony, how are you able to to just have one hour panels on this topic? <laughs> I, I have like a million more topics we could. Yeah, well, we more directions we could talk about. <laughs> we definitely ran out of time. Every every time, like when I say, "Oh, our time is up," the audience is like, "Oh, you know," because yeah, it is literally like tip of the iceberg. Because it's um, there's it's funny because uh, by the end of the panel, it's like half the room is raising their hands, you know, because everyone yeah. has a soapbox and everyone wants to like really talk about the, the issue. And so, yeah, unfortunately, it's really hard to. Um, you know, talk about it. It it really is just the the best you can do is just again just raise elevate the level of relationships to where justice prevails. And so that's all we can do is just get people talking. You know, and and um, um, but yeah, hopefully um, from things like your podcast to panels to other people writing about it, that um, you know we can create many many more places where conversations can be had. Yeah, you need to keep having this conversation. Yeah. And and when are when are you having this conversation again? When's the next time uh, 
the battle for multicultural superheroes or, or yeah. anything else is uh, yeah, happening? Yeah, it's going to be at, at WonderCon. Um, I don't think we the schedule has been released, um, but it's. Uh, I think they're going to release that here in the next uh, sometime in early April. So I think, uh, but wonder I'll definitely be at WonderCon um, having this conversation. Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, uh, Comic Con, and um, after that it'll I'll hit us some other cities. I just don't know the exact schedule yet. But I just got back literally five days ago from. Um, uh, or four days ago from Sacramento, um, having it at Sacramento Comic Con, and then I uh, had it in New Orleans a uh, month before, prior to that. So hopefully it'll hit Philly and Chicago and a few other cities for the rest of the year. Man, you must have so many great stories. Just every, every I can't imagine. I just imagine every panel must have so many great perspectives and just yeah. things that you probably never thought of. Or yeah, you know, one, you know, one thing that we didn't cover our, in our talk today was cosplayers, because one thing mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, cosplayers encounter, especially minority cosplayers, is the ability to cosplay as other races. Right, so you have uh, well, like I mentioned, uh, I wanted to be, to be Blade before, right? Yeah, I could I could pretend to be Blade on the on the playground, but what if I dressed up as Blade and went to a con? Is that okay? Yeah, is, yeah. Is, so we've had. I'm gonna offend anybody. <laughs> we had a lot of uh, Asian American, or not? Sorry, uh, 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 multi ethnic. Um, I'm right. We had a lot of ethnic cosplayers who would have all of them have encountered resistance whenever they played someone other than their ethnicity, you know? So yeah. people saying, hey, you shouldn't be playing, uh, uh, you know, you shouldn't be rogue because rogue's not Asian, you know? Or, uh, you know, you shouldn't be playing, um, y- you know, uh, whoever because it's the wrong ethnicity. And so that, le- that leads to some really interesting conversation of what's sort of culturally the norm for cosplay and what's accepted and what's not and, and all that stuff. So we didn't even get into that topic because that's a whole nother, you know, the, the, the cosplay subculture is a whole nother thing where it collides with uh, gender and um, age, body type, uh, men, female, um, ethnicity, all that stuff. So that's a really, that's a really fascinating piece of the, of the panels as well. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, the the longest episode we've ever had was almost three hours, and it was on nerd rage. And <laughs> half of what we were talking about was people's reactions to changing the gender or ethnicity of a character, mm. and people's reactions. And it, it's fascinating to see that. I mean, you know, we're on Twitter all the time. We're we're watching social media, and seeing people's reactions is just amazing. I mean, at cons too. I mean, you see, it, it's a completely different experience. But to see, you know. How people think and how people react about this. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a whole other conversation. Like the, the, this could be the beginning of hour two. <laughs> if we just touch if we touch on that topic. Yeah. And 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 to foreshadow, uh, so next week I'm going to because we didn't talk about this at all too. But there there are many different cultures, and I think I I talked about identity, and um, I'm a therapist. I talk about mental health issues all the time, and you know it's. There are representations of uh, mental health issues, and people identify with things like, you know, I have Asperger's, or I have depression, or I, I have anxiety issues, I'm bipolar, um, you know, things like that. Those are identities that people eventually, th- there's stigma associated, and there's all these things, and, and we do see them in the media, too. And uh, I am actually going to talk about that next week on the podcast with someone also, yeah, and, and I, I think it's all connected, though, right? It's all these representations and, and just talking about it more. And, and these are real things. 
that are that are in these fictional worlds that we love and and we should be having these conversations. Yeah, the whole mental health issue does come up in our panels as well because again, anyone who feels like they're marginalized or misunderstood or yeah. stereotyped, all that stuff, um, you know, definitely those people speak up as well and yeah, it's an important conversation to have. It's like, yeah, definitely. So if someone wants to to hear more about uh, your experiences at these panels and just hear more from you, where where can they go? Where can they find you? Um, rather on my uh, website, crazy the number four comic con uh, dot com, or Twitter, which is the best place to connect with me, um, and that's at crazy four comic con. And uh, you know, I'm constantly tweeting out about a lot of convention stuff, um, but then also. I uh, try to put some um, some links and some posts that really, uh, again, help elevate the conversation. And so I do a lot of that and just general nerdery and all that stuff. Um, I try not to, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to be a, a walking soapbox or anything like that. But I think it's um, important to, if, for anyone that has a microphone and has any sort of level of influence, I think we all have a social responsibility to create change in a good way and to help uh, mankind be better and uh, I think we all have a whether you like it or not a responsibility to um, help justice prevail so you know that's that's what I that's my heart and passion yeah and thank you so much for doing it that's why that's why I wanted to talk to you I think it's so important that you're doing that and that that you're going to continue doing it you know you didn't just do it once or twice and say well, I'm going to move on to another topic yeah so and I, I thank you for that and and I do also thank you for um the Comic-Con stuff you do in general. Last year was my first time at San Diego Comic-Con, and I listened to that uh, um, that show you did where it was like tips for people who were first time yeah, at Comic-Con. Good. Oh, that absolutely helped. Oh, <laughs> good. Because I was freaking out. I was like, this thing is too huge. I'm going to get <laughs> lost. Or I don't know, whatever. And, and, and that was really helpful. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I remember going to Comic-Con for the first time, and um, even back, this is back in 2005, 2006, and it was nothing like it was back then. But then coming back and realize I didn't even know there was any panels. I didn't go to any panels. I didn't know there were panels. And so I went <laughs> to the floor and I got back and people were like, did you go to panel? And I'm like, what's that? So that feeling of like, I have no idea what I'm doing and um, I, I hate missing all this stuff. And I realized that, you know, in some small way, if I can write about uh, San Diego and other Comic-Cons and, and people um, be able to maximize their experience and their enjoyment and save them some of the pain that I learned um, years ago, then <laughs> I, I feel very immensely rewarded just by that small little thing. So um, so thank you for sharing that. And um, it's it's nice to know that, it, that you know, someone appreciates it. So I've talked to a few people who also appreciate it. So it wasn't just me. It was a few people. <laughs> and I will put um, links to everything we talked about, including um, your very helpful tips for Comic-Con. Right. Thank you. And, uh, any, more, and, any more tips to come. So. <laughs> we need them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, that'll be on the site. So uh, thank you, Tony, so yeah. much for, for coming on the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to we got to hang uh, at our next convention. Wonderful. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And uh, for more Geek Therapy, go to geektherapy.com or follow us at Geek Therapy on Twitter. Okay.